You're listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, brought to you by the Raven Creek Social Club, where we talk about faith and other oddities. For questions, comments, or to be part of the conversation, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find us at Raven Creek SC. Now for your hosts, Emily Dixon and Nathan Underwood. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Um, this is a special edition. We're doing an interview this week. Um, we got award-winning novelist Luke T. Harrington on the Skype, and he's going to be joining us in just a minute. Um, before we get started, Emily, uh, I believe you actually looked up some things about Luke that you wanted to share with people. I well, I looked up some things, but then we've got my phone commandeered for other purposes. So, <laughs> oh, but no, he has. Uh, <laughs> He does have this gothic horror story, Ophelia Alive, a ghost story. Um, I believe one review said it was Hamlet on drugs. And how can you go wrong <laughs> with a review like that? Uh, I did see where he had roped his brother into actually reading a book that was not his normal genre. And his brother actually said positive things. So this is either a good sibling or, you know, he paid him off. Pick one. Um, hey, you're using a false dichotomy there. <laughs> But then uh, Luke has got some articles on Cracked and BuzzFeed, Christianity Today. So he's been writing for a while. He's been putting some great stuff out there. He's got another book in the works. Um, I got to be a beta reader for that one. So I I know what's coming up. You didn't even tell me that. Yeah, I did. You just weren't listening. I probably Uh, (laughs) forgot it. Uh, Murder Bears. Oh, yes. You told me about that. Yes. How can you forget a title like that? So that's going to be out soon. Oh, that's and this Luke. That's this Luke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nathan pays attention well. But then uh, it wasn't that long ago, he kind of floated the idea of doing a podcast. And uh, I'm like, hey, we need to get Luke to become part of the Raven Creek family because, okay, he's just a little warped and wacky. And he just acted, <laughs> you know, he, he seems like he'd fit right in. Yeah. And I've yeah. never met Luke in person. I've just read a lot of his articles, the D-list saints, one of my favorites, um, all the things that a lot of us Christians like to kind of forget ever happened. Mm-hmm. And Luke's just putting it right out there in front. So I think where faith and other oddities and then Luke with his perspective, we're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, well, I said we got him on Skype. So, <laughs> so Luke, how are you feeling tonight? I have never felt better in my life, which Excellent. tells you what a low bar most of my life has set. So. Well, <laughs> we're glad to be here. We're glad to have you, I guess, maybe <laughs> um, No, <laughs> after that reception. But no, um, why don't you uh, tell us, actually, give us a little bit of your background, kind of where you're from, um, maybe a bit of what got you into writing and how back. that's been treating you. All right. Um I, I'm from all over. I was born in Massachusetts, raised in Nebraska, lived in Oklahoma for about 10 years, currently live in Wisconsin. Um, I got an undergrad in uh, English and film studies from the University of Nebraska, uh, graduated right as the economy was falling off a cliff in 2007 and realized I was completely useless. Um, Spent a little bit of time teaching high school, finally gave up on that and decided to stay home and raise babies and write books, because what else are you going to do with an English degree, right? <laughs> um, I My career has little to no direction to speak of. I'm too much of a renaissance man to focus on any one thing, I guess. I 
I write horror novels and I write Christian humor and I have no idea how to marry those two things. So I just do both until one takes off, I guess. I don't know. Um, I have, you know, I, I, as uh, Emily mentioned, I have one novel out. Um, it's called Ophelia Live. It is a, a literary psychological thriller, I guess would be the marketing term. Um, I have two more books I wrote in the past year or two. One is another, um, another, like a dark fairy tale, I guess. And one is a humor book about the Bible. So, um, I don't know exactly when or where either of those is coming out at the moment. Um, cause I kind of just searching around for a, a publisher slash agent still, but soon, hopefully, um, I've written extensively for uh, the website Christ and Pop Culture. Um, I spent several years as a humor columnist for them. Um, I wrote for a while. I wrote a humor column about like internet culture. That was what was it called? Uh, it was called LOL Interwebs. <laughs> um, and until very recently, I, I wrote a, a column about church history. The weirdest um strangest and most embarrassing parts of church history called uh d-list saints um which also briefly ran with uh with christianity today um under the title dumb moments in church history so <laughs> um i'm yeah i you know i i decided a few years ago um that you know i needed to be a writer because i was going nuts not writing and I had no idea what I wanted to write, so I figure I'll start writing just whatever comes to mind, and when something takes off, I'll stick with that, and nothing has taken off yet. So. <laughs> so, so you decided to stick with all of it in the meantime, right? Yeah, essentially, essentially. Um, but, you know, keep your fingers crossed. We'll see what happens, I guess. And in the meantime, I have my new podcast, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, on your bio at... Christ and pop culture. You said you were the only one who could ever reach me because you're the son of a preacher man. Um, so <laughs> I, I, is that true or is that just some kind of gimmick to get in good with the church folks? Oh, it's absolutely true. I wouldn't pretend to be, I wouldn't pretend <laughs> to be a PK. There's very little cultural capital to be gained, uh, with that. Um, strictly speaking, I guess my dad is more of an evangelist than a pastor. Um, he hasn't pastored a church in about 30 years. Um, he, he was pastoring a church at the time I was born, but since I was about three years old, he has focused entirely on student ministry. Um, and that's, um, specifically among international students at the university of Nebraska. So very cool. That's what my dad does. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Um, he is ordained in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, which is a tiny Presbyterian sect no one's ever heard of, but <laughs> there it is. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he's a more more of a more of an evangelist than a strictly speaking a preacher. So that's cool. So so I I have to know how did you get from Oklahoma to Wisconsin? It's the cheese, man. I mean. <laughs> um i mean the the sh the shorter answer is my my wife's career um okay 
My wife was a nurse. I guess she technically still is a nurse, um, but now she, she got a job with Epic Systems, which is a medical informatics company. Um, basically, they do um, they do like digital medical records, and they're kind of a big deal, I guess. They're the largest medical records, digital medical records company in the U.S. Um, and they basically hired her, and they're based in Madison, Wisconsin. So here we are. Oh, cool. That's that's a very similar story to how I got back from Texas, like back to Oklahoma. Wife's career, so I, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was. This is um, Christian ministry related, I guess. I was only in Oklahoma to begin with because of my wife's career. Um, because when we first got married, she was going doing an internship for uh, for uh, Reformed University Fellowship, the Presbyterian campus ministry, mm-hmm. and that. So they sent us to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and. It was supposed to be a two-year internship, but after a year, she ran out of money, and the minister she was serving under wasn't, you know, defrocked in disgrace. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a whole uh, affair with a student thing that was, it was not pretty. Anyway, um, <laughs> at that point, at that point, we had spent all our money to get to Oklahoma, and we had nowhere else to go, so we end up living, ended up living there for 10 years. Um <laughs> So yeah, we've we've definitely been bouncing around, but um, she's got a she's got a really good job here in uh, you know, in Madison, and we found a really good church, and I think we're finally ready to lay down some roots. So it's actually that's, that's a awesome. quasi happy ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so give us a little history. Uh, you know, have you always identified as a as a Christian since you did grow up in a Christian home, or? Did you go through that wild, crazy, rebellious stage and then return to the faith? Or what was your journey of faith? Give us just just a little snapshot. Yeah, I really don't have a very interesting story. You know, I was baptized as a baby and I've never not thought of myself as a Christian, I guess. Um, I'd say I definitely had, well, I'd say my wife and I definitely probably had a certain dark night of the soul time <laughs> when um her well as i was telling you when her uh, uh internship in christian ministry kind of blew up in our faces um mm. and there was there was definitely a period there where we kind of quit christianity in practice if not in theory there were several years when we didn't go to church at all um and you know, um, we, we had both been we had both been Presbyterian up to that point, um, and you know, after being you know after uh, getting chewed up and spit out by the PCA's campus ministry, she looked at me and was like, "I don't think I can ever be Presbyterian again." Um, so we actually ended up when we finally started going to church again, we ended up going Lutheran. So that was that's the closest I've ever been to a rebellious phase. Is, <laughs> ditching my dad's presbyterianism for lutheranism so (laughs) that's quite the rebellion there uh no right (laughs) well i mean i think i mean it's 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 like a whole stone's throw denomination wise right (laughs) well i I think when people read your writing particularly if we're looking at like cracked articles and you know six uh, dirty jokes you don't expect to find in the bible and that sort of thing 
they they expect kind of this rebellious kind of person who but I, I don't see it that way. I see it as being brave enough to, to to actually talk about the things that we don't like to talk about. Where where did you get that curiosity for the bizarre and unusual in the Bible and in Christian history? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I you know I don't know if I necessarily have an answer for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like I feel like so many people. You ask them about their their influences, and they they're ready to rattle off like five or ten things. And I just I have no idea where <laughs> any of my ideas or style comes from ever. Oh, I'm making him think. This is good. <laughs> I know, I know. I hate this. I hate this sort of question because I'm bad at. I'm so bad at answering it. Um, you know, I, I, you, you've read my, uh, my upcoming book. Um, and you know, I, 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 in the introductory chapter, I, I reference the, the famous quote from, uh, Charles Spurgeon, where he says, um, defending scripture is like defending a lion. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to do it. You just, right? you let the lion out of the cage and he defends himself. Um, and I, you know, I guess, I guess that's always been the way I've looked at the world in general is that if the truth is true, then we don't need to fear it, right? We just, we need to shine a light on the facts and trust people to make sense of them for themselves. Like, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I have to sell Christianity, right? Like I'm not God's salesman. Like <laughs> the Holy awesome. Spirit is God's salesman, right? I just, I, 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 it's my job to take people to the facts and let them take them as they may, I guess. Yeah, that that's fantastic. That's actually, Emily and I have a very similar sort of <laughs> yes. philosophy on that. And that's part of the reason why, like what we're doing, what we're doing is we're, we're, we want to get those overlooked stories out there in people's faces and say, you know what, we're, we're not embarrassed of what the Bible actually says. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's one of the things I felt like you and I, I mean, we don't have a lot of online interaction, but what there has been, it's like, I feel like there's this kind of nod and wink that we get each other. Uh, and maybe <laughs> this is part of it. It's like, uh-huh, you're being kind of smart alecky and sarcastic, but it's in a fun way. It's not in a belittling and let me be mean to you. Uh, there, there, You do have that dark sense of humor and yeah. it comes out yeah. and... Well, I, I just realized, okay, so I, I want to share this little story. I just realized when you said this, the, you mentioned the cracked <laughs> article about six dirty jokes you don't expect to find in the Bible. I was like, wait a minute. I've read that article. <laughs> I actually, so I, I, I looked it up and I was like, I, I, I've read that article and I shared it years ago before I had any idea who you, who you were. And I actually got into it with one of my uh, fundamentalist friends about uh, Solomon talking about you know, there's the, the penis reference in there. Right. Right. And so like, I got into it with a friend who was like, well, even if that's in the Bible, why should we even bother knowing that that's in there? And I'm like, I don't know, it's but in it's Bible. in the Bible. God put it in there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Did God know what he was doing when he wrote the Bible or not? Right. Like, well, and that's a question. I mean, and if he didn't, why do we read the Bible in the first place? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's well m probably my most shared luke harrington article and there is one 
Uh, it's the the grape juice, the Welch's grape juice article. Oh and yeah, you, that I shared that one quite a bit because we were raised Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. and you don't even talk about alcohol. It, it's so taboo, <laughs> you don't discuss it. Yeah, my grandmother used to pick up aluminum cans on the side of the road. She would not pick up beer cans. So I mean. <laughs> That's how bad it was in our family. <laughs> yeah, and she used yeah. to cash them in too. So it wasn't like she was just picking them up to pick keep the street clean. She actually was like they're cashing these in for money cuz they needed it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, so I actually there, there's all these little points of contact and I don't think that a lot of times when we're writing and we're working on our projects and we're you know, we're grinding away behind our computers, we don't realize how many people we're actually hitting. And that, that they are seeing our work and they're interacting with it. Because once it goes out on the internet, who knows where it winds up. Right. And sure. So, yeah. But um, your podcast, the, the title of it, because I had no idea. I was kind of actually shocked when you said, yes, you wanted to do this. I see the title, Changed My Mind. And tell us a little bit about the premise of this podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um this podcast is, I, you know, it's it's not like anything else I've done, really. <laughs> so I got, I have the horror novels, I have the Christian humor, and now I have this quasi-journalistic podcast. I don't know. But it is something that's been bouncing around in my head for a long time. It is something I've wanted to do for um, months, if not years. Um, and basically, the, the, the premise is... I mean, it's it's right there in the title. It's changed my mind. I want to talk to people about, or sorry, I want to talk to people who have changed their minds about big, important things. Um, so, you know, stuff like politics, religion, um, history, philosophy, you know, that's even pop culture. Um, and the, the impetus for that is that, um, you know, that the, well, I mean, basically, it's 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 the ugly political moment that we live in right now, um, where I feel like, um, you know, I don't know if it's entirely Donald Trump's fault, but <laughs> it certainly isn't helping, um, where so much of our political discourse is just endlessly screeching at each other online to no clear end. Um, and I keep seeing, you know, news articles about you know, recent or somewhat recent psychological studies that have found, you know, once people are committed to a viewpoint, they will not change their mind, even if you show them evidence that proves them factually wrong. And in fact, evidence that proves them factually wrong will make them dig their heels in even further Mm -hmm. and uh, refuse to change their minds even more. Um, But even if that's true to an extent, I mean, we, we all know someone who's changed their mind about something big and maybe even paid a significant social or cultural or political or economic cost for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to talk to people who have changed their minds and find out, like, why people change their minds, like what leads people to change their minds, what conditions make them more likely to change their minds. So. Um, I mean, I say on the show, it's part research project. It's like 20% research project and like 80% therapy for me because I just can't. 
handle the current political moment. And I don't know what to do except make a podcast. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so we have to ask, what's something, what's an issue that you've changed your mind on? Well, I just, I just told you I used to be Presbyterian and now I'm Lutheran. Right? Uh, that doesn't even count. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like purple. Now I like violet. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Man, just stick it to him there, Emily. I, I, well, like I said, I, I have felt like since I have first started interacting with Luke that he was just like part of the family that was long lost. And it's like, yeah, I, I knew that he and I could sit down and have like the most random off the wall conversations, just almost like you and I do, just because he's got that personality. Sure. So. So, yeah, I, I don't hold back with Luke. <laughs> so but so you're not off the hook. What's what's something you changed your mind on? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I would I would probably tell you that my my politics in general have done something of a 180 since my high school years, for sure. Um, I mean, I. When I was when I was in high school and maybe even early college, so that would have been early 2000s, um, I certainly would have identified as a conservative Republican. Um, and now I'd say my convictions are. Pretty leaning in a democratic socialist direction. So <laughs> that's something I've changed my mind about for sure. <clears throat> How's that gone over with your dad? <laughs> you know, my parents are pretty easygoing about politics. Like good for you. <laughs> I, you know, I've, yeah, I've never, I've never felt like I had to conceal my political views from my folks. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. So I, I would say my dad is a pretty big Rush Limbaugh fan, so there is that. But I've never, I've never really thought of my dad as like a knee-jerkingly conservative type. Like, um, and my mom's pretty moderate, so I don't, you know. I, well, I I had to ask because so many of my friends I knew who grew up in that conservative Republican high school mode when they did start to kind of move away from that, the first relationship that took a hit was the parental right. relationship. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, well, and, and especially, uh -huh. I mean, and you know, I know you said you're kind of from everywhere, but I know here in the Midwest, so many conservative pastors, well, so many conservatives are pastors and so many pastors are conservatives and they tie those two things together very tightly. So, uh, that, and, you know, being that it's your father, they, you know, yeah, that that's surprising. And, and I'm glad to hear that though, that it's, uh, that it hasn't you haven't taken a hit in that area yeah no i um i definitely have an older brother who's like a maga hat wearing conservative <laughs> that i basically can't talk to these days because i not that i not that i you know not that i like hate the guy and want to punch him in the face when i see him but just that i really just don't feel like i have anything to say to him ever you know like He's on mm -hmm. such a different wavelength from me that I just, I, I don't even know what to say to him, you know? Um, so there, there is that, there is that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, by, by the time I, I guess I guess I'd say by the by the time I started leaning as far to the left as I have, I was already deep into Lutheranism, which is 
fairly distinct um, theologically and culturally from American evangelicalism and is historically pretty apolitical, often Mm -hmm. to a fault. So I've never really felt like I had to uh, pretend to be anything other than I was around the Christians I generally interact with. I I think for many of us in Oklahoma, where I I know, of course, we're a lot of Southern Baptist background. The, the the idea of an apolitical church is almost mind blowing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, that's a whole other topic, and we're like treading close to our our boundary because yeah. Nathan and I don't do politics. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. We we like to say uh, we we want to have some friends at the end of the day, and we already talk about religion, and so you know. <laughs> but we're making we're making allowances because y- you are going to tackle some political issues your first episode's out uh, definitely a political um kind of central show there um tell us a little bit about your guests there and just a little snippet on what you were discussing on that show yeah so um my first episode i i interviewed kevin mcclinathan who is a film critic out of chicago he is an old friend um i've known him for several years um we've both uh, we've both been writers for uh, Christ and Pop Culture um, for quite a while now. Um, and he is best known as the host of the podcast Seeing and Believing, which is a very good uh, Christian film podcast. So people should check that out. Um, we didn't talk about movies, or at least not mostly about movies. <laughs> um, what we talked about were his uh, changing views on war and how... In high school and into college, he would have been pretty clearly a neoconservative warhawk type. Mm -hmm. Um, And these days, he identifies as a pacifist, or at least a near pacifist. Um, And we talked some about how uh, literature, um, specifically Tolkien and Vonnegut, influenced his... uh, views on that and it was it was actually ended up being a really interesting conversation so i enjoyed it yeah yeah it's it was definitely good i got to listen to it a few days before it got posted and i i thought it was great uh you know as far as like you know and me from a technical standpoint because i'm doing all the production side on our stuff you know i thought the production was really good and i thought that uh you know it was it was a smooth conversation and I love the fact that no one sounded like they were uncomfortable behind the microphone. Uh, you did a great job, I felt. And, you know, of course, partly you had the relationship with him before, but I felt like you did a good job on on those questions, following up and 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 making it all sound smooth where it wasn't. Well, <laughs> nothing sounded forced, right? So, um, sure, yeah, yeah. So you you kind of took off with what I think a lot of people would think is a. A, a hot button issue. Uh, now, are you going to continue down that road? Are you going to have opposing views? Are you going to have a, a you know more than just the political side of things? And what what's kind of your vision for upcoming shows? Do you have any guests in mind that you want to give a sneak peek? <laughs> yeah, um, my goal, which I'm sure is a terrible goal in terms of actually getting and keeping viewers, but my goal is, or listeners, I should say, but my goal is to do a wide variety of things um, and mix it up and keep it interesting. Um, so I actually, I have, um, I have the sep- second episode recorded and 
almost put together. I'm still working on a little bit of the editing. Um, I talked to uh, uh, some an acquaintance, I should say, uh, named Rachel Olivent, who is a, a grad student and a mother of four. And we talked about um, the we talked about egalitarianism versus complementarianism, um, which are two big evangelical words. Um, <laughs> say, and, be- and specifically, we I'm sorry. I would say that'll be great because that's not controversial at all. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm actually really happy with the um, conversation we had, though, because what you know, we we didn't we didn't go deep into theology so much as we talked about how they how those two ideas play out in a marriage, and and you know, and specifically her marriage, um, and how when she got married she wanted to be the perfect submissive wife and said yes and said nothing but yes dear to everything her husband said up to and including the time when he said i'm going to join the air force um so that was a really interesting talk (laughs) um and anyway she she she, uh, about after about six years of that she says she finally um finally got over it and uh uh, you, you know, um, accepted the 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 idea that maybe she had more to contribute to the marriage than just being a doormat to her husband all the time. <laughs> oh, so that was a really interesting. This. Yeah, yeah, that good. was a really interesting conversation. Um, and I've actually I've got fingers crossed. I've got a guest lined up for the third episode. Um, I've got a, a a guy I know a little bit named Daryl Armstrong, um, who is, gosh, what's he do? I believe he's in sales. He's done some podcasting as well. Um, but we're going to talk about the Oxford comma. So I'm really excited <laughs> about that because I'm much, much more of a nerd for grammar than I am for politics or theology. So. Yeah, no, I love it because it's it's a nice light punctuation to the show. I mean, you know, not to. Uh, be too corny. I get it. Uh, yeah, I get thank it. you. Uh-huh. <laughs> she didn't even plan that. I didn't, but it, no, it is. It, yeah. I, and I think if you can keep those kind of mixed up with, I mean, you've got politics, you've got religion, and now you've got something that seems minor but it actually isn't for those of us who love language <laughs> we get really passionate about that and i'm gonna say uh you m- probably won't ever have me on a show called changed my mind about the oxford comma right <laughs> that's just how i was raised it stands <laughs> but that is that is my goal to kind of mix it up as much as i can and you know try to talk about Maybe something heavy one week, something a little lighter the next week. Um, I've got some potential potential guests on it for the future who, you know, we might talk about pop culture or something. So, you know, it should be fun. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be sounds like it'll be good. I, like I said, I really enjoyed the first show and I'm 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 really excited about the egalitarian one because that that one is such a a great topic to discuss because there's so many different sides and so many different variants within either side where you can really, I mean, you can go on that one for, for Mm -hmm. hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's, I I'm, I'm excited to have you on board. I think this is a good addition to the Raven Creek uh, social club Mm -hmm. all around. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see, you know, 
what kind of feedback you're going to be getting and how this is going to grow. And I, I hopefully, you know, we're going to get you some more book sales and we're going to put mm-hmm. uh, in the show notes, we'll be sure and put links to Amazon so people can buy your books and we'll yeah, put yeah. some. Yeah, go buy Luke's book. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's got kids to feed. Uh, yes. It's you're... true. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> how, uh, how old are your kids right now? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, I have two daughters and they are four and six. Okay. Um, we we're so. just behind you i've got two daughters that are three and five so oh wow <laughs> yeah. yeah so when you were talking about uh, having to do this after eight o'clock i was like i i'm with you that that's where we are <laughs> and i have two daughters who are grown it's fabulous so <laughs> the, the problems are different they're, but they're also farther away that's right <laughs> <laughs> and typically you can sleep in on the weekends precisely <laughs> right <laughs> must be nice yeah i've forgotten what it's like <laughs> sleeping into me nowadays is six o'clock that's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah yeah so but yes go uh go buy luke's book he's he's got two daughters and <laughs> you know everyone says boys eat a lot but kids eat a lot regardless <laughs> of boys or girls they will eat food and it never stops every day they want to be fed <laughs> for some reason i wish my f- I wish my four-year-old would eat. She's got like two foods in the whole world she'll actually eat, and everything else is garbage, inedible garbage to her. So, yeah, ours go through phases. It just depends on if they're in a growth spurt or not. Yeah, <laughs> it's all or nothing. Yep. And I didn't sing that, so congratulate me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, Emily, do you have any other questions for Luke? Oh, I have tons of other questions, but he doesn't want to probably answer them on mic. So we're going to let him off the hook easy. So, Well, everyone, uh, thanks for joining us. Luke, uh, did you want to uh, mention any places people can find you online um, before we sign off? Yeah. Um, so I do have a website at luketharrington.com. There's not a whole lot that happens there. I just have a link to my book. and. Um, Occasionally, I post to my blog, which is usually just links to other things I've written. Um, hopefully, I'll, soon I'll find the time to edit it and put a link to the podcast up there. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, if you if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just Luke T Harrington or at Luke T Harrington or whatever. Um, buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, excellent. We'll be putting all that in the show notes for everyone so they can find you. We're also going to put a link um, to uh, Change My Mind. But of course, if you found the web page, the episode page on Raven Creek SC, you can just go to the bottom and you can click Change My Mind at the bottom. Um, That is already up. Episode one's already up. We're still waiting to get approval for iTunes and other podcatchers, but those will be on there soon. Um, Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the special edition of uh faith and other oddities we're luke we're glad to welcome you aboard thank you so much yeah i'm thrilled to be on board yeah thanks thanks for inviting me well we're we're glad to have you and and again everyone in Ernaland, join be part of the content uh conversation Conversation. not contest what am i thinking (laughs) conversation uh come join us be part of the luke's conversation uh ravencreeksc.com slash change my mind for luke or LukeTHarrington.com. You can find me at either place, or you can uh, find all the other Raven Creek shows at RavenCreekSC.com, or join us at Raven Creek SC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
and let us know what you think. Kick so. a rock over. We'll be there. <laughs> Kick a rock. Turn it. Yeah, oh was that a Gospel of Thomas reference? It may have been. So anyway. Split some wood. You'll have, I'll be there. So, okay. So anyway, thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've heard, please write us a review on iTunes or consider supporting us on patreon.com slash ravencreeksc. As always, thank you for listening and don't forget to join us next week.